Hello and welcome to the official Scottish Rugby podcast. I'm Caroline Blair. On this week's episode, we will be hearing from inside the Scotland women's camp as the Rugby World Cup squad is announced. Plus, looking ahead to the opening weekend of the United Rugby Championship. Joining me for that and much, much more, of course, is Chris Patterson. Great to have you, uh, Chris. Let's start by taking a brief moment to reflect on the events of the past week and, of course, the news on Thursday that Queen Elizabeth II had passed. Now, Chris, you received an MBE in mm -hmm. 2011 and, and you actually met the Queen. What, what was that occasion like? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was just, as you'd imagine, utterly remarkable, really. Pinch yourself moment in kind of more ways than one. Um, yeah, just desperately sad what's happened but I must say the kind of respect that's been shown is, has been lovely to see uh, and yeah thinking back I mean, it's, uh, it's a wee while ago now but just how yeah how 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 kind of surreal the whole day was it was an investiture at Hollywood House it was um, and Majesty that, that awarded my, my, my MBE and I just wish that I could remember more I can remember as much as possible from it but like can you keep jumping back to bits and pieces oh yeah I remember that I just wish I'd taken any more time just to even remember the way through Holyrood Palace and the way out and everything else. So it just happens pretty quickly. Um, but it's a uh, yeah, it's something that uh, you know, hugely proud of. But uh, it's something that I was really, really fortunate to be part of. You've come across some huge rugby players in your time in terms of their physical presence. And uh, for, for a, a lady that wasn't perhaps large in stature, she certainly carried herself in, in that way. What was it like actually meeting her and, well, and speaking uh, to her? Yeah, I mean, really, really nerve-wracking. Uh, as you imagine, it's, it's obviously really nerve-wracking. Actually, uh, I can remember I was um, has been invest the same day as Lorraine Kelly was ahead of me <laughs> uh, and she she said I'll never forget she said she was weak at the knee she basically couldn't stand she was so nervous she was so concerned she was so worried um, but that, that's just the the aura and the respect that you have for somebody like majesty and it was um, yeah it was uh, I think I felt less nervous because she kept telling me how nervous she was but yeah it's um, everybody says it and it's been said a, a thousand times so far this week but she really does put you at ease um uh, in terms of the, the the few moments you spend with her, so um, yeah, just desperately sad news, obviously, and just so privileged to have kind of uh, memories that, that, that can share. Oh, do you know my my brother reminded me of a, of a great rugby story. Uh, the, the Royals have always been such great supporters of of rugby and Scottish rugby, and and there was that time when the Queen's grandson Peter Phillips was, mm -hmm. was captain for Gordonson, if memory mm -hmm. serves, and. It came to the, to the coin toss and then the referee on that day, I think it was Colin Bailey, uh, and, and he asked him if he wanted to, you know, is it Tails or, or Granny? And I think, I think Colin was convinced that that wee joke delayed his MBE by about 10 years or so. Um, I, 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 I actually played, I played with Peter, we were on the same Scottish schools team, Peter Phillips and I. So we uh, we toured South Africa with Scottish schools in 1996. So Peter was a back row, hard back row, number six, six or seven, mainly six, but a really good lad, really good player. And when we toured South Africa in 96, we were hosted by families um, rather than staying in hotels. The majority of the time we were hosted by families and billeted out. And I think mainly alphabetically, Patterson and Phillips, we ended up being billeted together more often than not. So I found myself being in some amazing places to stay with some amazing, like, I can't believe we were staying here, Peter. This is incredible. Going into the, meeting up with the rest of the, the squad for the training session next morning or the next venue, the place stops us I keep getting pretty lucky here with these hosts, you know, there's some pretty nice pads we're staying in, and of course it eventually dawned on me, ah, uh, it's uh, 
I'm not the reason we're staying in rather luxurious surroundings. Peter's there, but um, great rugby player, great bloke, um, and, and somebody who uh, I've been thinking about this week as well as, as he comes to terms with the, with the news of his, his grandma. Well, we do send our thoughts to to all all in the family as well, of course. And and in light of the Queen's passing, domestic rugby here in Scotland was cancelled as a mark of all respect. And that included the Scotland women's friendly against Spain. So from a rugby perspective, Chris, it would have been their last outing before the flight to New Zealand for uh, the, the Rugby World Cup. Does that does does that have an impact in terms of preparation at all? Or do, do we just accept things and move forward? Well, I think we accept it and move forward. Simple as that, especially with this group of players that have had so much to deal with over, over such a long time. Um, but we were talking last week about the right number of warm-up fixtures, <laughs> potentially two being too few, three maybe being ideal, um, and we end up, you know, just in that one. That one fixture was was excellent against the USA. Um, but as you can roll towards the the Wales game kicking off, the training will be more and more intense, and and you'll simulate, you know, the the, the scenarios that you're going to face, or you think they're going to face in that opening test match. So. Um, uh, the right decision, and I don't think it'll have too big an impact on on the players. Uh, they were obviously uh, really excited to to hear the news of the of the selections. I also spoke to to Brian Eason. We caught up with, with Rachel, obviously, and um, and four others squad members as well as Brian Eason. And, and Brian Eason was you kind of we touched on those who hadn't been selected as well, which is a a difficult thing. It's it's difficult to give that news, but it's a sign of the squad depth that you are actually making really, really tough calls. And, and, and those who haven't been selected initially, I said, you know, every World Cup I was ever involved with, there was call-ups, there was replacements. There was, unfortunately, people who maybe picked up an injury or not and couldn't continue in the in the squad. So um, so that, that's always a, a you know a strong message for, for those who aren't involved initially. But certainly the excitement and the uh, the pride in, in, in those selected was, was evident when we caught up with them. Well, let's take a listen now to what your conversations involved with the Scotland camp. Hello and welcome. Uh, I've got giggles already. Yes, welcome hi. along to the official Scottish Rugby podcast, a really special podcast. We've got the uh, reaction to the, the World Cup squad announcement um, for Scotland Memory playing Rugby World Cup 2021, leaving on the 23rd of September. Uh, uh, we've got a, a few of uh, the friendly faces in uh, beside us. Rachel is with us, as always. But Lisa Thompson and Emma Wassell. Emma, I'll start with you just on the, I suppose, the obvious question first. The, your reaction, your feelings, your emotions to being selected for the World Cup uh, at the end of the month. Yeah, I think, oh, like, this is obviously, this has been the dream for a long time, but actually getting that email through, just saying that you are part of the Rugby World Cup squad was it really did start to feel real, very real. Um, a bit surreal, actually, but super exciting. And it was an email? It was an email. No phone calls? I was hoping for actually like a letter through the a post, letter, but it? no, it was an email. Was an 2022 email. now. Well, I know, exactly. <laughs> well, there's been a, there's a few a few bumps in the road, a few things to go over, a few hurdles, but it's here now, it's coming. Uh, Lisa, you're the same as a surreal experience. I mean, you, you both have been heavily involved with the Scotland team for a long time, important players, but you never take any for granted to you. Is it is, is, is a, a bigger surprise as it would be to anybody else for you? Yeah, I think like what I said, like getting that email last night and being here today, getting the kit, like doing going through the media stuff is it makes it seem real and we're leaving next week, which mm. is mad. We've literally been working towards this day for six years. Some people 
more so like we're actually just buzzing like to get started get training in this week squad that's going like so buzzing like can't wait to get started and get over there and Rach you've got this kind of I don't know I was going to say a motherly eye casting over <laughs> your two teammates but it does look as if you're, you're sitting I am part proud, of the team yeah, <laughs> but she of, is also our mother <laughs> <laughs> proud of your uh, obviously your own selection absolutely but genuinely there's a look there there's a lot of pride in, in what these two have uh, I've managed to achieve as, along with yourself as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, these are two of my best friends as well as teammates. So I am uh, very proud of all they've achieved and um, all I'm sure they will achieve out in New Zealand. Um, but no, like just a huge amount of pride, like last night, seeing the names in the sheet and particularly some of our young girls who've come through. We've got a really um, exciting young team and a lot of girls who've put in a huge amount of hard work over the last couple of months in the summer and and you know, the likes of Van Young coming in and, and people like that just makes me, like, things like that, like that, stories like that is what sport's about for me and what's, what Legion's about for me. So, um, no, a huge amount of pride and, yeah, just excitement now. Today's been class, so it's it's getting very real. What's the most exciting part, Emma? What do you reckon? What excites you most about New Zealand? About New Zealand? Yeah, about the World Cup, the journey. <laughs> oh, no, it, it could be, it could be about... Coffee. <laughs> coffee, surely not. I've heard New Zealand have pretty good coffee, actually. <laughs> Kit Drop's no bad either. But uh, <laughs> no, I think, I just think being like on, it is kind of being on the world stage. Yeah. Um, New Zealand is very well known for, for its rugby. And I think what an incredible place to be playing. Um, and yeah, I know we've got, we've obviously got New Zealand in our, pool and, and many people are like oh tough pool and, and it will it is a tough pool but it, there's no one else I would want to play on their backyard like I cannot wait for that experience so yeah I never never beat New Zealand um so thoroughly looking forward to it well, it's the ninth iteration of the Rugby World Cup and it's the first in the Southern Hemisphere it's never been in Southern Hemisphere before Lisa have you been to New Zealand before no never no? been out always wanted to go out um and since is that, I was wee. is that it's Wales first Australia then New Zealand and of course you'd be targeting Wales, everybody targeting Wales, but the opportunity to play in New Zealand in New Zealand is, is, a, is a dream come true moment as well, I'd imagine. Oh, massively. Like you say, we've got Wales up, then Australia, and then New Zealand. The last pool game out there is not as huge opportunity for us and we're um, just ready to get going, really get over there and get started. Rach, come on, bail me out. Have you been to New Zealand before? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> um, my wee brother played in the Junior World Cup out there a wee oh, while ago right, and yeah. I know my family went out, but I wasn't able to go. But I've heard lots of good things, so no, unfortunately. I don't think actually many of our team have been, yeah. other than obviously Molly Wright, who tells <laughs> us all about it. Um, so no, uh, she'll definitely be our, our tour guide for the trip. But I think that adds to the excitement that, mm. you know, it's it's not somewhere any of us have been. And I don't think any of us have played against New Zealand before either. So lots of firsts. Now, we're pretty raw here. We're on the day of selection, or last night, the emails arrived. Have you told your family? you like to tell your family, is it? You mentioned families there, Rach, is... Have you let on? <laughs> I actually haven't. I'm, well, I'm st- I, that's lie. I'm staying with my sister at the minute, so right. so she does know. But other than that, no, I haven't said. I have. I've <laughs> told my mum. Um, she is actually making the journey out oh, to brilliant. New Zealand herself. I. Who knows what? Why that would be a good idea? But she's doing <laughs> it and will be my biggest supporter. So. Um, yeah, she needed to know that I was also going to be in New Zealand when I when she goes. Um, but no, she's. You look a wee bit concerned about the journey. She'll be fine. I, I don't know if anyone knows or has met my mother. 
it's concerning. She's the best. She supplies tablet. She she does. She'll bring tablet to every game to for the team and the opposition. Excellent. Um, Yeah, no, she's she's our biggest fan. She well, not our biggest. We have lots of fans, but uh, (laughs) she 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 she's good. But yeah, she's she's traveling out there herself. So I had to let her know that I'd also be there. Lisa, have you let on? Uh, no, I actually haven't. Mm. I got the email last night and then we were getting ready for photo shoot today. It's, we're here and I've just not done that yet. But mum and dad, brother, granny also coming out. Oh, really? Big trip for oh, excellent. that lot, my. That makes it, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? I mean, you, you've got to be totally immersed in the Rugby World Cup. You'll have your own personal experience, but to share it with family members, it makes it pretty special, doesn't it? Yeah, they're buzzing to come out as well. They've never been that far away from home. So, <laughs> uh, no, they've got they've got everything sorted. Airbnb on the beach, she tells me, so they're really looking forward oh, to nice. it. Aye. It's fang and I, your games mm. to start with, and then there's quarterfinals and then finals in Auckland as well, semi-finals, finals in Auckland. But uh, fang and I, it's quite beachy. I've played a game, I've played there before on tour, and it is northern, tip of the northern Ireland, so... Nice climate, good Let's for spectators. So. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, you've got them on the beach already. I hope it's not raining. I don't know. Oh, they'll be fine. They'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> and I suppose just on the on the rugby side, you've had you've had a gruesome a gruesome uh, preparation period in terms of fitness and conditioning. Not as many games as, as you'd like, but there've been internal games and stuff. The focus will quickly switch once the excitement. Well, excitement will always be there, but that excitement has to be channeled into determination and application uh, in terms of that first game against Wales. So have you started to look at that game yet? Or is it a, is it a case of getting there, getting settled in and then applying the applying the, the kind of rugby brain? Uh, as we've approached like the, the internal game that we had and also our game against USA, we, we talked about Wales within that um, mm. and how they play and kind of how we would approach that. So so they're in the back of our mind um, already. But um, I think over the next kind of week, while we're not necessarily preparing for a game this week, but uh, we'll definitely start to to now kind of focus in on that first game. Um, you touched on it before, but it's hugely important in terms of how we kind of come out of that group in terms of uh, we can't be caught sleeping that first game, mm. and we're we're very aware of that. So and it's an opposition you know well as well. Exactly, it's a bit of a grudge match for us. Mm. It's um, always very it's close. Smiling. <laughs> yeah, they got the better of us last time, so um, we yeah we are excited for it. Let's mm. say that. <laughs> and not to be, I'm, I quite often call myself a bit grumpy and old fashioned, um, but you can't allow yourself to get overly emotional either, can you? That professional edge has to remain. Emma, you you know that being. 50 plus capper you're you know obviously excited but that that professional element has to come in that opening fixture as well will you be one of the, the squad that tempers enthusiasm or will you I, be the other, the other end of the scale to be fair for someone who can be quite loud around the squad I, when it comes to game day it's probably the quietest you'll find me it's really uh, nice <laughs> Is that nerves or is that preparation it's for everyone yeah a little uh, it is nerves it's yeah. always going to be nerves um I think we did have a wee bit of practice with nerves when we were out in Italy. Oh, yeah. um, and that was like big for me in terms of 50th cap, like mm-hmm. emotions. Oh, it was. Get in there. <laughs> I have. She got her 50th cap when yeah, we qualified yeah, for the yeah, World yeah. Cup this week. Best 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 <laughs> Luke, that was an emotional day. I had to control mm. it. Right. So, but you can use that experience. No, that, <laughs> exactly. That's no, that's that's hundred percent what I was going to say. Um, I did, but it was trying to control it mm. because even even now, it, like every mm. game, you want to kind of as soon as you start singing the anthem, it's like the wee lip goes, mm. and then you're like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Just control that. Um, 
but yeah, and especially for that first game on a world, like at World Cup, um, I'm sure there will be many people emotional, which is is allowed. Yeah. But it's just kind of using that emotion. In There'd the be right something way, wrong if it wasn't emotion. That kind of drives a lot on. Lisa, I suppose. Um, I see you've played a lot of rugby, been involved in a lot of rugby, you've played in a lot of big games. You can, as soon as we mentioned that first game, you could see your kind of eyes narrowed and you're <laughs> desperately getting into it. But before that, like the the World Cup memories you have as a spectator or as a fan, are there any that jump out um, in the past or is this going to be ultimately, it is a new experience, but is it going to be aligned to any memories or inspirations you've had in the, in the years gone by? No, I'm just super excited for us to go on the world stage and mm-hmm. hopefully like be a platform for young girls to watch. Like, I don't have many memories of watching mm-hmm. a Women's World Cup. Like obviously 2017 when we missed out, um, that was hard to watch anyway. So. No, I hope we can go out and put, make new memories and just be on that world stage for a new generation. Yeah, right, Rach. You, I suppose you, you maybe still involved in your other international sporting career, but the forgive me, when was the World Cup in Ireland? That was twenty seventeen. Was that twenty seventeen? That was a yeah. kind of real kind of watershed moment in terms of the the quality of the game and the certainly the the kind of final and the and the, the quarterfinals, the, the exposure to the game. This will be another level up yeah. on that, won't it? Yeah, I actually was at the final of the 2017 mm. World Cup out in Ireland and it was like to see that kind of crowd, the buzz around that final, like it was absolutely packed. Like mm. the like the country was jumping. Like it, that was really cool to see women's sport on that stage and at that level because it's not usually what you associate with the women's mm. game. Um, but like you say, the standard of that final was unbelievable mm. as well. So it really was kind of like a bit of a turning point, I think. And I, I think New Zealand's going to be one big step further again. You know, you've got a huge number of teams which have gone professional or somewhat professional in the last couple of months or years. And I just think the standard is going to be through the roof and there's been so much noise about this World Cup and it's in New Zealand, which, like you say, is such an incredible country for rugby that I do think, yeah, it's going to be an incredible buzz and an amazing experience. Certainly will be. That. The best things come to those who wait to say and you've had to wait for it. It's been a, a few hurdles along the way, but we wish you well. We wish you all the, the luck. We'll be tuning in back here. Uh, the game against Wales is the 9th of October. Australia is the 15th of October and New Zealand is the 22nd of October. So you've got a bit on your plate ahead of you, but we wish you all the very best. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, Rach, we're now joined by, well, as the, the others left or passed by, this is, this is a young team. Is young uh, team. Evie Wills and Shona Campbell join us. Obviously, uh, congratulations on your selection. Similar question to start with, Evie, to, to what they spoke to the, the others around. It's just your emotions about being uh, selected for, for the World Cup. I'm just a bit overwhelmed at the moment. I think <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with excitement and the opportunity to be on a world stage like this is absolutely mental. Um, I think my family as well are relieved, excited. Um, Why relieved? I don't think they could pick up the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Have they been a big part of this in terms of bouncing ideas or bouncing emotions off them or yeah, motivation? Yeah, ma- massive sounding board for me. Very vocal with my emotions, so I do need a sounding board now and again. But, you said your um, dad used to play, didn't you? My dad did used to yeah. play. It was so a he'll, bit... he'll know what it's about, does he? Yeah, he's been a massive support for me through my rugby career, so I've got a lot to thank him for. Mm. And Shona, as your emotions, is, um, you're used to performing on the, the world <laughs> stage. But is this different? Is this well, obvious, special, yeah, but does no, it feel 100%. different? Yeah, no, it does feel different. I think as a kid, like the World Cup was something that you always dreamed of going to. Um, and to finally see that email where you're actually going just puts it into reality. Like we're leaving so soon, but it's completely a dream come true. Like I remember having the World Cup strip when I was like wee and running around at training wearing it. And now to be going to a World Cup, just it's unbelievable. 
Have you got memories of watching well, or being inspired by previous World Cups? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I remember as a kid, um, I would say probably watching more the Men's World Cup just because mm-hmm. it was more visible to us. Um, but I remember watching Scotland v Australia at the World Cup. Like, that's something that sticks in my mind. Mm, 2015. Yeah. Obviously, didn't go, like, <laughs> the great greatest but like to see that Scotland could compete on the world stage at that level like that's inspiring um, as a young kid Yeah, and Rachel bring you back in again you <laughs> said you had this kind of uh, what did I say motherly look at the others <laughs> bring that back a bit I can see the pride again here as a young team coming different uh, I mean teams and squads are made up of different people different individuals different emotions but there really is a mix of kind of young and older in this uh, in this squad and Here's two players here that have, have came into the, the squad reasonably recently, but they, they bring a lot as well. They do bring a lot, particularly off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, we've talked about both of you, obviously, on the podcast quite a bit, yeah. um, particularly around your sevens and, and how much kind of, I guess, energy you've brought to the team in terms of, particularly Shona, in terms of the way you play and so evasive and exciting to watch and bloody good defender as well mm. but Evie just like an incredible ball carrier always gives 110% when she's on the pitch whether it's an attack or defence and is just so willing to listen and learn and, and just wants to be the best she can be so now nah, they've been two incredible additions to the squad but like I touched on <laughs> they've brought a lot of energy off the pitch as well um, yeah no they, they keep me young um, <laughs> but no, they've, they've been great, and like I mentioned, like our our young team is is expanding at a rate of knots at the minute, which is is exactly what we want. Like the biggest, our biggest why as a squad is to inspire the next generation, and seeing mm. young players getting opportunities and coming through is is a, a brilliant example for younger players to to look up to that is possible. And and you know these girls have done it very quickly in terms of their time in the squad, as have a few others. So again, that's a brilliant example for for other young. Girls. <laughs> this young team phrase keeps coming. What's a cutoff for olders versus young? Is it a touch in the warm-up? I think Rach McLachlan's in the older group. Is it 24? So well, that's, that's what, yeah, so I think 24 is the cutoff. Well, that's, that's fairly standard. I thought yeah. maybe younger than that. I think it's basically in and around that university. Journeys, a word that's used a lot, and you're going to go on a journey as a team, absolutely, but there'll be personal and individual journeys as well. I mean, I suppose just to both of you, maybe Shona, you, you want to start your journey to this point in terms of selection. Um, you played a lot of rugby, played a lot of sevens, as, uh, as Rach has said, but are there kind of key moments or kind of periods in your career that jump out, if you were to say, listen, give us a, a quick synopsis of your journey so far in rugby? Yeah, so I would say I came back to rugby from kind of taking a break when I was in my teens um, into under 18 sevens. And then, what got you back in? Um, so I had a few coaches that were like, we'll always get her back. And I was like, I won't do it. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to play netball. And I just always had an itch for rugby. Like, I knew mm. I wanted to do it. Um, but I was like, I'll just play sevens. It's fine. I won't I won't come across 15s. And then I got hooked. And, <laughs> and now, yeah, I'm here uh, living the dream. But... Um, yeah, I would say like I came into this uh, women's squad post-COVID, um, mm-hmm. so it was obviously quite a weird time to come into the squad, but like every moment's been amazing. I think, especially getting my first cap against Japan, I didn't expect that at all. Like I'd missed out on selection for Italy, mm-hmm. um, which was obviously quite hard, but I think it's the best thing that ever happened to me. So yeah, getting that first cap really just kind of kicked me on from there. Mm-hmm. Evie, what about your journey? Um, I was quite like Shona, I played hockey as well alongside rugby for a long time. Uh, I think hockey made me appreciate rugby a lot more um, and realise how much better I would be 
in one sport if I just stuck to one sport. <laughs> um, so carried on with rugby, been in and around the girls. I've known a lot of the girls for uh, like a long time through age grade stuff. Um, and then got my first cap at the start of COVID mm. in Scotland. No fans, nothing. <laughs> this my dad's been waiting for this moment for twenty one years, <laughs> and he couldn't even come. <laughs> um, no, but again, so I was so excited to get that. Again, so um, surprised to get the opportunity to do that. A very fun Six Nations to be a part of again, mm. like Shona was saying, so different. Height of COVID, separate rooms, no roomies. Yeah, a little date night for dinner time, lunch time, <laughs> breakfast time. Um, but yeah, it's been an amazing roller coaster. It's been super fun. It's funny you mentioned that word, kind of families again, and, and we asked the others if they told their families, and it turned out you know, a lot of the families are, are making the trip over. Have, have you guys let on yet? Uh, I was actually at home when I found out, oh, and I said it's only so long. So you couldn't I could hide it. There's no way you <laughs> could hide so, it. No, only so long I could sit and smile at my phone. <laughs> um, but I think honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Mum and Dad have remortgaged their whole house to come out to New Zealand. <laughs> I think they're coming out for the first three, first three games. So yeah, super super excited. Parents are always there, but almost in the background. They'll never mm. be. They won't really be there cheering away. So very very excited to have mm. them there. Uh, uh, yeah so I was actually out for dinner with my mum and dad I was like I don't want to go on my phone um, so I was like I'll distract myself they were like you should really look you're not being much conversation I was, like, right, <laughs> was, okay. the, was the phone on the table yeah but I was like I'm not going to look at it and I literally <laughs> was sitting there in silence like not speaking to them they were like can you just check if you got an email or not please I was like okay fine I'll have a look <laughs> okay fine um, so yeah I told them was like, it like exam results yeah out? it was oh like them gosh, staring was, at me yeah, that's how it felt <laughs> SQA has nothing on um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but like super proud and like, yeah, they were over the moon. They're coming out as well for Good. for two games. Like they come to everything. So I'm super lucky with that. Very loud. Yeah, you'll you'll see them in the crowd. <laughs> seems to be the tartan hats on. Tartan hats. There seems to be a competition here to see who's the, the number one fan. <laughs> yeah, I think, to be fair, I've been, I watched a bit of Simmons with uh, Shona's parents behind me in Toulouse and I think, I think they might be right up there. <laughs> um, but no, there's there's a brilliant Scottish contingent, I think, coming out. And, um, you know, I think our families all realise how special an opportunity this is for, for us, but also them. Um, like, Evie touched on all our, our parents and families have been there for the very rocky road that we've, we've <laughs> ridden for the last few while. So uh, they deserve a wee treat and a holiday and to enjoy some of our, our moments as well. I must say it's really important to, to share those moments together. Just lastly, I suppose goals, individual goals rather than team goals. You obviously know what the, you know, the, the team goals are hard to, to set. Quite often you don't want to share those, that they're personal. But in terms of personal to the team, but in terms of hopes and aspirations and goals as you as individuals what what would you want to come back from New Zealand having guaranteed what's the thing that you want to make the make the most of the occasion or or achieve when you're when you're over there um it's a I, hard question yeah but Shona's gonna go first like Evie was quite um I think for me personally like it's an opportunity to compare yourself against like the best players in the world and to play in a tournament that's countries don't usually get to play against mm. like that's a huge opportunity for you as a player um so yeah I think coming back and taking learnings from the players you can play against like you're always going to learn things um like New Zealand we're going to be playing against them mm. Portia Woodman's probably going to be playing like mm. it's quite big names we'll get to play against so she's still the, the star eh? yeah <laughs> she's yeah. world player of the year a handful of occasions yeah. as well isn't she yeah, yeah. so yeah I think like um if when I was 10 years old, I was mm. going to a World Cup. I'd very much uh, just want to enjoy the opportunity to play on that world stage and make the most of every moment. Mm. Um, so I've never been that far around the world before. So I'm quite looking forward to just... <laughs> <laughs> the world's round, so I'm not really <laughs> made it that far around yet. 
so I'm just looking forward. Um, Sarah Law's touching it a few times of just enjoying the small moments, yeah. just enjoying every single part of this journey, even pre going out there. So things like the kit dropping, things like the media, things like this 32 man mm-hmm. squad that we're going with. Um, we'll, we won't forget these girls. Mm-hmm. So I just want to enjoy every little moment and make sure I don't get too overwhelmed by everything. And like Shona said, like what, what a stage and what a way to start like to play rugby. And I think at the start of a journey for me, I think it's fabulous. I'm very excited. We'll leave it, Shona, as we said to, to the others, we wish you well. Uh, we'll follow your progress. Uh, thanks for your time today. It's a pretty busy day. You can see uh, <laughs> you're quite tired tonight as well with a lot of the emotion and excitement that's going on. But thanks for your time uh, and we look forward to supporting you uh, from back here as well. Thank you. Thank you. Rachel, uh, you're alongside me this afternoon and uh, Scotland Women's Head Coach Brian Eason. Is, it, is the squad announcement day of the for the Women's Squad for Rugby World Cup 2021. Rach, this is a special day for you. We, we can't forget because you're so close to us, you're part of this, obviously a big, big part of it. We forget how maybe special it is for you on days like this as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very overwhelming, to yeah. be honest. Like, although it's... Yeah, like been a long time coming. Um, I think having, you know, that final kind of email, getting yourself to this point and being in a position to, to be selected is massive. But, you know, for me, having the opportunity to lead a group of people who, a group of women who've become a huge part of my life, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they are my second family. Um, and it's a massive honour to to lead them and, um, you know, I think doing it with a group that have been through so much, both on and off the pitch, um, is particularly special. Um, and just like all the stories within that group make me so kind of, I don't know, overwhelm me a little bit with emotion around because, you know, we all know what we've all been through as a group, but we mm. also know individually. So I think for me as, as a captain, as a leader, seeing seeing those names is is just as exciting as seeing my own name there. But um, yeah, I just... It's special. Yeah. You're the man, Brian, that has to send the emails, has to pick the squad and send them. So it's a different emotion, a lot of emotion involved in that. How, I mean, how difficult is that to do? You're selecting the squad. You've been working with these players for, you know, for a long, some of them, a long, long time, yeah. others a shorter time. But that moment where you press send, it's it must be pretty difficult as well. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's been a long process because there's been a real group of, a real core group of players who've been training really hard not only just for since summertime or mm. since the start of summer but the last two years you know there's been a there's been a, a lot of players been newly capped there's been mm. a lot of um players who have been capped right, a long time as well yep. yeah um so it's, there's been a real core group of players so my job with my assistant coaches has been to make sure we get the right blend on and off the field mm-hmm. and i think that's been the important thing is is to really spend time around not just your starting team, not just your bench, but looking at blends of players that we could potentially utilise on the world stage in New Zealand. So it's you know when Ellen and it's Ellen Dixon, their team manager, who who, who gets the what does she press send? Yeah, so she press send, but she mm-hmm. messaged me last night just to say like that I'm just about to send it, and as, as I said to her, it's a momentous occasion. Yeah. You know, it's it's a real honour for her to be able to send the email but it's a, a real honour for me just to to be to be able to select a, and Rachel's already said it a real good group of people 
it's maybe worth pointing or, or, or hinting as well. Like every World Cup I was ever involved with, um, and everyone's ever watched, there's been changes to that squad at some point as well. So, so those who aren't in that initial main squad, you know, th there's there's still hope. There's still that that opportunity, and, and how they've applied themselves so far will be uh, will be really important, and how they apply themselves going forward. Because unfortunately, there probably will be one or two injuries or changes to to the squad. Maybe not in this squad, but across the squad. So, is that something you? You consider as well when you're when you're letting the, those who haven't made it. Um, yeah, of course it is. Know. I mean, I had a couple of or a few difficult conversations last night, mm. um, and it's never easy to 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 have that conversation with a player who is ultimately their dream to go to World Cup. Um, so to 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 tell them that, but also to give them that message mm. that you know it's a it's a long road between now and um, the World Cup final. Let's put it that way. Um, it's a long road. Um, you look at twelfth of November. Twelfth of November. It's a long look, road. Yeah, it's a long road. And you look at the experience <laughs> of World Cups that we've had before, and you know I don't think there are any teams in the world that will have ever gone through a, no. a World Cup with the same thirty-two or the, th the same squad right from the start. So, so yeah, look, we're aware of that. We've also got two players who were who were unavailable for selection mm -hmm. who have been involved recently. You know, there's other players obviously right through, but two. Um, Two senior players in Jenny Maxwell and Lisa Coburn, who mm -hmm. unfortunately were both injured and long-term injured, and to not have them available for selection as well was one difficult for us, but two opens the door for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So um, we're aware that there are there are players who are not going to be with us, but um, ultimately it was just about getting the right the right blend, but making sure that the other players who are not there just now are still training and making sure they're on top of their their fitness to make sure they can come out ready. I think on that, like the kind of culture that we've built within the squad as well, like we've always said it's about Scotland. It's not mm -hmm. like as much as it's our individual dreams, we've always put Scotland first and like in terms of, you know, we want to inspire the next generation. And that means, you know, having the best team on the day and, and everyone supports that. And I think, you know, the girls who have missed out, I spoke to them last night and they have that exact mm -hmm. attitude again, you know, excellent. every single one of them, like they, they said, we're 100% we're behind you and knowing them as, as people as well, like they will make sure that they stay in a position where, where they can contend and, and come back in if they need to. And they've been phenomenal for us. Uh, we've had a really tough summer in terms of build up and, um, you know, they've they've been brilliant throughout and it, and it is heartbreaking for us to see, mm -hmm. to see some of our, our squad miss out. But... Um, they've all got massive features ahead of them as well, which is is what they've got to focus on at the minute. But like you say, whatever kind of happens over the next couple of weeks, you never know. So, um, but like like Brian says, we've got an incredible group, and I think you know it's heartbreaking for me to see some of them miss mm -hmm. out for injury as well. Um, and again, those they're a hundred percent behind us, which is is testament to the culture that the girls have built. It's also underlined the depth of squad you now have, Brian, as well. The fact that you are going to, you have to leave players at home. It's part of the game. Absolutely, you've had a long pre-season. You've had uh, yeah, some of the players away playing Commonwealth Game Sevens and then coming back in. But it's a big block of fitness uh, and training and hard work and strength and condition. Give us an idea how you how you keep that quirky, how you keep it engaging because it can. Well, I know from previous previous experience, it's hard, isn't it? But you're trying to get that that. Can the emotional state right, but the strength and condition right? As they have you had 
two or three different ways of, of yeah, keeping like, it keeping it real. It's hard and it is a slog. <laughs> I, I look at his and, and but the best things are hard. Yeah, you have and to they are, and, I, and they have to be because you've yeah. got to get into you know you've got to get to places where you mm. can pull yourself out of you know dark places, especially on the on the field. And mm -hmm. I think it has been tough. Um, it's been pretty easy for me standing watching, but you know <laughs> some of the conditioning staff, some of the contact conditioning have been great. We've we spent some time with the Royal Marines oh, yeah. up at, uh, up in Condor, which was it was brilliant to see. I think there's some of the team building, some of the. <laughs> um, yeah. How much fear is it of the players? Right? Like, right, every, every the fear time definitely yeah. outweighed the reality. Exactly. Uh, it always does. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like a power of the Marines, though. Yeah. I think, yeah. No, we were being a bit silly, actually, I think, in the week leading yeah, up Everybody yeah. gets so nervous. You yeah. see it in but the schedule. Then, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Once we got there, it was it was absolutely brilliant, if yeah. I'm honest. Like, it was probably the best thing for us at that point in the, the journey because we just had the Sevens girls come back mm -hmm. in and um, it was amazing. You know, you do things that you would never have the opportunity to do and it, it definitely brought us closer and... Um, um, was a whole lot of fun as well. The fear the week before oh. that was actually very Brian funny. Brian was fed up. Like, like, we are going. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever feel it by kind of drip feeding wee bits in how bad it's going to be? Yeah, we did actually. Oh, yeah, we, we gave them I've some. i the secrets away here. <laughs> we gave them a few kind of ideas that, that may happen, but... A very did, loose kit list. Yeah. Well, I, what, what were you ordered to... There would be something you were ordered to bring that we'd have no... Yeah. Sleeping, yeah. sleeping bags sleep and bags duvets. Bags. <laughs> sleeping bags. <laughs> that didn't happen. But, yeah. um, the thing is that you, you do. I mean, it's, it's part of it, isn't it? And it's part of the, I suppose the the ethos of the Marines that it pulls everyone together. Yeah. And even that process of going through the fear, the anticipation that it's a fear of an unknown, and it's a fear of what might happen that might be really bad, which I suppose in some ways is the same as a game. But mm -hmm. what's the point in wasting your energy and fearing about something that may not happen? Yeah. Get working on the things that you yeah. can control that that you can do. I assume that was a about the theme of the the, the Marines camp, was it? It was. It was kind of based around leadership and a bit mm -hmm. of togetherness and some, you know, a bit of team working. Um, you know, we, you say it's right about over pre-season. You want to try and change it up a little bit. We had a lot of teams. We kind of broke into teams, a lot of kind of team games, some competition. Um, and it was the same up there. It was the same with the Marines. And the, the, I think the biggest competition for you guys was putting on the... The camouflage, it was, there yeah. was some real random looking <laughs> camouflage. Our, our team had Sarah Bonner, who obviously is she a little knows. bit more experienced uh -huh. in, in that than uh, others with her RAF um, background. So she, she kept us right, but some people were not looking good on their camera. No. Far too much on. Far too much on, and then the lime green lipstick came yeah. in. It was like, kind of, what's going on? Yeah, some had far too much. Some were trying to create a fashion statement. It was a bit of a mixed bag. So was it like the Mars Bar game? Yeah. yeah kids' party where you have to eat the Mars Bar and get the gloves on, the hat on, was it? Not quite. It was a bit was more it? intense than that. A little bit more, a little bit more intense. I'm sure there some Mars Bars had later on. but yeah. No, there was some bugs being eaten and oh, things really? like that out in the woods, yeah. Oh. Pretty hardcore us. Bush Tucker kids. Mm -hmm. It was. Bush Tucker kids. Yeah, there was yeah. a bit of that. Brian's first up. I had to step up. Oh no. Yeah. Reggie over here. Close. I did it. I know. <laughs> did you? I did. Yeah. Peer pressure? No, no he didn't. He was doing no, the team. I did it for the team. <laughs> Took one for the team. <laughs> Can't say I'll do it again. But <laughs> <laughs> and then just, I suppose, Brian, we have to talk about rugby as well and yeah. talk about the. When we've spoken with the players about the, the three fixtures, obviously Wales, Australia, New Zealand, mm -hmm. different challenges, challenges you know well, challenges you know less well. I watched the Australia, New Zealand games, the two games back to back two or three weeks ago and struck the physicality, especially. By the Australians who yep. who lost the game, uh, lost the games. Um, New Zealand are the second ranked team in the world. Australia look as if they're they're built around physicality. Even some of the backs are, are there. Wales, you know well. How much over the 
the last few weeks and, and months have you been looking at these the opposition whilst the players have been focusing on themselves yeah, quite, early? quite a bit to be honest I know we know Wales pretty well um, I think I think with Wales there's it's a bit of a grudge match between mm-hmm. between the teams between the players for them as well for them as well yeah, yeah. they have been close the last yeah game. they have been really close they've been tight it's been mm-hmm. one score games really mm-hmm. um, so we know them pretty well they're playing on Wednesday they play England on Wednesday so we'll get our kind of final look on um, will you get access that to that footage? Yeah, we will. Yeah. We'll make sure we will. Um, <laughs> you with <laughs> so the camera, Rich. <laughs> I think it's on, I think it's on ITV. It is, oh, on, is it? It is oh, on it ITV, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll get that on Wednesday night. Um, the Australians, I've, I've done quite a bit of homework on. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll remember Campbell Aitken, who used mm-hmm. to play at Heriot. So mm-hmm. Campbell's the head coach at New South Wales, mm-hmm. the Waratahs, and they've got, I think, 15 out of that. Mm. 30, 32 squads so he knows them quite well he actually came here and uh, viewed a session and gave us a little bit of insight as well <laughs> so his team listened to this podcast yeah, and know that he's yeah. just throwing them under the bus <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he told us everything <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've had a little bit of look at them and, and obviously New Zealand playing in the pack four and then the couple of games that are coming up so yeah, well, look, we'll have a, a good look at them. It's, it's good to pit our wits against those teams against those coaches against those players and um, I think I think the group we couldn't have handpicked the group any better. Yeah. To be honest, got a World Cup to play Australia and New Zealand out in the Southern Hemisphere mm-hmm. is is really exciting, and yeah. and to have Wales first up as well, just that familiarity helps. Probably just that first game, and mm-hmm. then then it sets us on the track for the for the rest of the tournament. That's three pools, four. So the top two pools, the, the two top two teams in each pool will qualify for the quarterfinal in the two best third places. So it's going to be tight. Obviously, Very. it's going to be hard. There's, there's a lot of quality. There's a lot of uh, international quality um, but the, that first game is an important one Rich, isn't it? Yeah, like we've talked about it quite a lot now but I think in in terms of setting our stall mm. um, we've traditionally maybe not started tournaments that well um, so it's a big challenge for us and one we're very kind of aware of but I think the way we've trained, the way we've prepared and the squad that we've got going I absolutely think we can go out and start firing and, and just build from there. And just finally, uh, Brian, the you have to inspire a group uh, in loads of different ways. It can be a long time, well, it is a long time together. Are there other kind of areas that you look at to inspire away from rugby off the field or whether it's inspiration from other sports or other organisations? There, yeah, there will be different things you're looking at, but is there anything you can share with us that you think's made a difference or will make a difference? I, I think the... I think the inspiring, the inspirational work, and the you know talking about the legacy and all these kind of things. I think that's something that we've worked quite hard on. And mm-hmm. um, we had a we, we had a lunch on Saturday, um, which was for us or for me just sitting back watching was with the the ex players yeah. of Scotland Thistles, and it was it was really quite an eye opener for me just to mm-hmm. see how important it is mm-hmm. for the current players and for the ex players to. To, to feel part of a group and, and since that I've been on to Donna Kennedy and mm-hmm. Donna's 115 cap Scotland's most cap player we've talked about a mentoring program mm-hmm. um, and they want to keep in touch with the girls whilst in New Zealand and I think you know for sometimes you look out with and you look mm-hmm. at other sports but I think at this moment in time we've got some really inspirational people mm-hmm. who have been there who are desperate for us to do well and I don't think we need to look any further than some of those those yeah. players that we have, and you know it's something that between now and leaving, I'll be I'll be dealing with, I'll be speaking to Donna, um, and just how we can maybe put things in place for when yeah. we're out there, and you know that I, I was I was in awe. Yeah, listening. Well, we to, spoke to Donna. We spoke to yeah. Donna and Lynn before the the USA game, mm. and 
how engaged and excited they were about the opportunity to come and spend time with you was, was reciprocal. It was. It, what you're saying is almost mirrored exactly what, what Lynn and Donna were saying in terms of what the, how they want to help, how they want to uh, support as well. So it's funny how how you see them as an inspiration, but I think the inspiration that you've provided in order in the last few years, especially culminating with this qualification for the World Cup, has inspired the Thistles to to do a lot of hard work to get together, to get a, a cap number, to get the list, to get the history, to get the culture, all that legacy you talk about. So it's uh, it works quite well how it just managed together in the kind of ultimately the biggest moment so far for, for Scottish women's rugby. Yeah, and it's just and you know as everybody has you know we talk about the jersey you know your custodian the jersey and being as one and just to see that there was a video put together by Angus um, who's in the the media department and it was some it was footage of the current team and some of the footage from mm. from previous World Cups and it was just to watch that just to see it coming together and just to show how how together they all are uh, was an inspiration so we'll certainly be using that and look I think sometimes you don't need to look further than even just within the group itself yeah. just to get on that plane go to New Zealand to represent Scotland on the world stage is, is exciting for everyone And a reminder of Scotland's Pool A schedule then. So first up, it's Wales on the 9th of October. Then it's a six-day turnaround before Australia on the 15th. Uh, then rounding off the pool stages against hosts New Zealand on the 22nd of October. And we do wish them every success for a very exciting Rugby World Cup ahead. Speaking of World Cups, the men's seventh season came to a close in Cape Town at the weekend. Cairn Beatty's men were dispatched by New Zealand to ultimately reached the final of the Rugby World Cup 7, so a, a very formidable side. It was knockout rugby, Chris, and felt for mm. a wee minute like we were in the borders with that format. Yeah, just how it used to be, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> the, the Premier around win against Jamaica, and then yeah, New Zealand were just uh, on a different level, 43-5, the final score, and they obviously missed out, as you say, in the final to Fiji. But yeah, disappointing end to the, the for the sevens for this year. Um, some some tough games after that. Kenya, Chile, Wales... Um, so uh, you know, Kieran will be disappointed with with the results, and we know, having spoken to them, I spoken to them two or three weeks ago, how hard they work, how much they value um, the challenges they face. Um, but yeah, overall disappointing, disappointing to to finish um, where they did. It has been a really busy season, though, with the HSBC World Rugby Seven Series, the Commonwealth Games, and then the Rugby World Cup Sevens. Do you think, though, that that's a fitting way to close a chapter on on Scotland Sevens journey before we join? England and Wales uh, as Team GB. Well, I think I think obviously the the Team GB driven by the the Olympics involvement um, is still a good big goal for a lot of the players and a lot of the coaches as well. And, and I think that should be. I think they, we should have hopefully a reasonable representation that we have done in the past, and, and it should still be a big goal. Scotland Sevens will still continue in in some uh, form, which I think is really important to get all the exposure that we spoke about two or three weeks ago with, with Jamie and, and Kieran. That Sevens brings you, and and especially for for younger players. But it's uh yeah, it's just it's 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 difficult, isn't it? The the kind of contrast or the or the juxtaposition between the the HSBC and you know the the, the home nations playing and then playing in the Olympics as Team GB. So uh, that is more aligned. But I still think you know it's a place, a massive place for Sevens in Scotland, uh, and the players and players of the future should really target that Team GB side as much as possible. And it's going to be exciting to see how that evolves. Scotland will face Australia, Fiji, New Zealand and Argentina this October and November at 
BT Murrayfield Stadium in Edinburgh in the Autumn Nation Series. Tickets for Scotland's fixture against New Zealand have already sold out. Secure your tickets now for the other matches. To the United Rugby Championship and Glasgow Warriors go into the new season having played just one pre-season friendly and that was against Super Six side Air two weeks ago. Friday night's match against Ulster of course was cancelled but Edinburgh Rugby's meeting with Benetton was being played in Italy uh, so that game did go ahead. Surely that must have been a difficult backdrop for the players and, and coaching staff as well though Chris? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the respects were shown prior to the game, which was really important. Um, it was very well done. Very well yeah, done. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it's, 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 there's so many challenges, so many different things you have to face as a, as a professional sportsman, but you, you also have to pay respect to what you have to do and that's take the field uh, and perform your best. And, and Edinburgh will be pleased with some things, disappointed with others. Um, pleased in the terms that there was a, there was, it was better than the previous week. There was a lot of players uh, given opportunities. Disappointed probably with the, the level, not the level of physic, physicality, but I, I felt at times Benetton kind of out-muscled Edinburgh, whether it was Scrum was particularly powerful, Benetton, one or two of the, the line-up, uh, the tries came from the line-up mall, one or two strips in the tackle. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a, a tough gig away from home as it will as it has been in, in Benetton and Treviso, and it will be all season for everybody who goes there. Um, but the purpose of the warm-up games and the pre-season games is to put you in a position in order to hit the ground running come the URC, and that, that kicks off this weekend. So Edinburgh will be happy with the, the fact that they've got so many players having played over the last two weeks, disappointing the elements of it. Probably really proud of some of the, the attacking elements as well. Um, and I think for Edinburgh and URC this week, this year, it's uh, developing and progressing on what they did last year. I think the, a lot of, I mean, Mike, the way Mike set up his team, the way the team played, really formed a connection with the fans it really opened eyes it raised eyebrows the the league over uh, and brought you know a, a reasonable amount of success which was which was excellent but mike knows and everybody else will know that you're not a surprise in year two there'll be a lot mm-hmm. of, so much it's, it's a, a hard to follow up it is, it, the way you follow up is by progressing by adding layers to your game by you know keeping the core of what makes you successful and the core of your dna but like how do you, you know, whether it's new set piece plays, whether it's a slight change in defensive formation or, or, or application, or whether it's kicking more early on in the game or kicking less later in the game, just change that, change that balance. So teams who think they know what's coming um, don't know what's coming. Everybody does it, every team does it, but I think it's really important in a second season after a where a lot of the 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 conference came. And, and and Mike's first season was that surprise element and it, how well he's done the team have done there'll be a massive respect paid on listen how Edinburgh caught us out last year they were really really sharp so and Mike knows that so uh, uh, you know not a change in how they play but a, a progression how they and the play will be will be real important. But there's also a change in the coaching setup as well yeah. uh, at Edinburgh. So so that that's going to make a difference as well. You know, with with Kitty away out and and you've got mm-hmm. Toddy come in. So so with that in mind, from from the play, pre-season, I mean Glasgow, I'm sure they're facing Benetton first up. So they're going to be mm-hmm. looking at that that game from Friday night um, with with quite quite inter- quite a bit of interest there as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now. The beauty, you, know, you can look at this two ways, but Glasgow should know exactly what Benetton are going to do because of 
<laughs> Franco Smith's, you know, uh, mm. recent and relatively recent as well as desperately recent uh, experience of them. But <laughs> they'll also maybe know what Franco's going to do with Glasgow. Well. So you can get <laughs> both ways. But th- th- there's a, there'll be a, an understanding there that, that that's uh, that's good. Everybody moves on. Everybody progresses. Everybody, the game changes. It demands change. It demands change within season. It demands gate changes from one week to the next, depending on who you're playing and what the strengths and weaknesses are. But everybody will get better every year. And it's, I think, you know, if you look at the two teams reaching the the top eight in the in the, the quarterfinals last year, I thought was was excellent. Um, ideally, you'd like to be higher up in seventh and eighth, but that was, you know, it was good to get two teams in there. And you'd imagine it's a. Uh, that would be the primary goal this year as well. Uh, but as everybody improves, as the South African teams will have more international players available mm-hmm. to them for longer, the Irish teams are as strong uh, and will be you know, looking to improve as well. Wales never had the team. The Welsh teams never reached the, the knockout stages, so you'd imagine they'll be looking to get in there. We've already seen the strength of Treviso. I think um, Zebra Parma have moved 22 players out and brought 21 players in. So there's big changes there as well. Massive change. Massive yeah. change. Yeah. So there'll be, there's change all, all over. But I think for for Edinburgh and Glasgow to, to get into that top eight, I think is a primary gate, primary goal. And, and and Glasgow have that. We're talking about that first season under a new coach and that expectation and opposition maybe not quite knowing what's coming that, that surprise element with the hard work they've put in the um yeah i think both teams will look to to get off to, to a good start this weekend opening weekend is is always important but i think it's also important not to get too reactive to either a very good start or a or a poorer start it's um this the regular season you see is a, it's a long slug it's a long it's a long haul yeah it's a, it's a marathon not a, not a sprint isn't it and, and if we do look at how it how it did I mean we, we don't like to go back too much but we do look how, how it did end I mean Edinburgh were knocked out by the eventual champions mm-hmm. you know Stormers mm-hmm. last away year and, and then Glasgow away from home and Glasgow fell to, Le- to, to Leinster so uh, the scale of the competition you've already said Wales didn't even make it inside that that eight mm-hmm. it's going to be a certainly a very exciting season now for Franco Smith just on, on one final perspective from him, he's only had chance to see his Glasgow Warriors yeah. competitively in one friendly. So from a selection point of view, how does that go down this week? Because the time to experiment is, is behind you. It is. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it's one it's one fixture, which was a really worthwhile fixture. But um, you know, Ayrshire Bulls you know, did really well in, in Inverness, but it wasn't a fully professional fixture if, you know, in terms of Ayrshire Bulls' status as a, as a semi-professional team. Um, he, Franco Smithoff had learned enough from training. The international players returned later because they'd been playing much longer into the summer. So he'd been working with probably a smaller squad for the first you know, few weeks anyway, so he'll get real understanding and, uh, and knowledge of, of those players. Don't forget, he's coached against Glasgow for years. He's coached in Scotland in recent Six Nations. He knows these players inside out. Sometimes opposition coaches know you better than your own coach because they look for <laughs> they look for mm-hmm. chinks in your armour. They think they know their weaknesses. They think they know things to target. So his assessment of his players hadn't started in August or July or whenever he came in uh, uh, to start off day one with Glasgow. He'll know almost as much about the the players than than coaches who worked before because he's coached against them and he's you know at an international and a professional level. So um, selection is is crucial. There wasn't the team that was picked to play Ulster last week. I think there was only two changes from the team that started the week before, so there was a bit of continuity there. So that might give us a, an idea of of what the starting team may be or or how much the starting team have 
trained together or, or what could potentially be the ta- starting team have spent together in training. So, yeah, we'll see. No, no ideal preparation in terms of the fixtures, but as I said before, the, the point of pre-season is preparatory to make you, uh, getting you in a good position to um, to take on the, the, the first week of URC. And just a reminder that those matches are um, being played on Friday night for Glasgow Warriors who are away to Benetton. And Edinburgh are hosting Dragons on Saturday with a 7.35 kickoff, And that is being played at the Dan Hill. Fosrock Super 6 now resumes this weekend with Southern Knights at home to Harriet's Rugby on Friday the 16th. It's the battle at the top of the table uh, on Saturday with the Watsonians hosting second place for Muir and later, uh, of course, Ayrshire Bulls travel to Sterling Wolves. I mean, that's that's going to be the, the the game, isn't it, really, on on, on Saturday, Watsonians at home to Bermuda? Yeah, first versus second. It's kind of the halfway point. Uh, it should be the halfway point, but obviously the uh, Southern Knights and, and Ayrshire Bulls have played one game fewer uh, due to that fixture that, you know, that, that Glasgow had. So, yeah, Watsonians sitting top, I think they, they've got a level of physicality that's been uh, that's that sits above I think in terms of the squad depth the physicality of the squad depth but Birmingham Bears have been really impressive they, uh, I, think they, I think three of their five games have been away from home they've won two on the road um, good win at home against Heretz a really commanding second half performance just before the break that'll give them a lot of confidence so that yeah that Watsonians being at home is important but uh, first versus second Watsonians versus Bears could could make a, a difference at the top of the table. Um, Knights and Heretz on Friday night. Uh, I think you know Knights are have had one win at home, but Heretz will be looking to um, to use the the kind of depth of squad that they've got and go down to to Melrose and try and pick up points. And then still Wolves against Ayrshire Bulls. That's a tough gig for for the Wolves who haven't a- played particularly poorly. But haven't won a game. They, they were impressive. That's a frustrating place to be, surely. It is. Well, it is. It is. And, 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 what, and then what really happens is what gets you out of that is the simple things being done well. Because mm-hmm. just just don't look too far ahead. Just get the next job, execute it, get on with it, building blocks, getting in the game. But that's hard to do against the Asia Bulls, who, um, who have been really good as well. We keep saying, well, Tunis and the Asia Bulls are probably the two teams that are comfortably ahead of the others. Um, so far in terms of what you see but that's a big ask for, for rules but they're at home the Ayrshire Bulls at home last season's championship and a, a proper nail biter the league changed hands about three times in the last two minutes um, so they'll, 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 they'll look back at that and, and give them uh, opportunities as well well we wish all the sides that are playing this weekend the very best of luck and a hearty congratulations again to all of the women who've been named in Brian Eason's uh, Scotland squad for this year's Rugby World Cup in New Zealand thanks very much again Chris uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you we will be back again next week with more on the official Scottish Rugby Podcast Music